Motherhood can be a beautiful thing, but the full journey there is often cut short. Excitement around the pregnancy at birth is celebrated through announcements, baby showers, and gender reveals. But what about the crucial period after the birth? Mothers undergo a monumental change physiologically, mentally, and physically, and need to find a balance in their new normal. The healing, wellness, and support that a mother needs at this vulnerable stage can have a long-lasting impact on her maternal health and relationships, and it's important we open this dialogue. This podcast shines a light on the stories of mothers as they come into a new version of themselves and is a platform to share their unique and special journey. Our intention is to welcome, celebrate, commiserate, and build a new kind of community. My name is Margaret, your host for Amanita Minute Podcast, and I'm glad you're here. Joyce has been a longtime friend. She's the kind of friend who you might not see very often, but when you do, you could spend literally hours catching up with her. We met and connected before we had kids, and now our conversations have evolved to include swapping some motherhood tips and tricks and funny stories of our kids. Hi, Joyce. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, Why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. Um, Okay, so um, I guess I'm from New York originally, um, but now a brand new Texan as of about six months ago. I'm a wife, a mother of two daughters. I'm a doctor by trade. And um, what I like to do in my free time is mostly reading um, and things surrounded by reading. So I started a book club recently, and I really like to spend time Mm. in nature. What book is your book club reading right now? Um, So the next one that we're doing in about a month or two is called Shelf Life. Um, I think it's a memoir. It takes place in Egypt, and it's this woman that started a um, bookstore in Cairo uh, during Mm-hmm. like a time of a lot of oppression. So I haven't started it yet. I'm a slacker, um, but that's what's nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm jealous because I remember like we would kind of swap some book ideas and yeah, yeah. I also want to join a book club, but I never, I can never commit. Like I'll be there for like one month and then the next mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I didn't get to it. <laughs> yeah, I, so I started a book club for the first time when I was a resident a couple of years ago. And that was like a, your standard, like in person, that kind of thing with my co-resident that lasted, I would say like five or six meetings until I graduated. And then that, mm. that sort of ended. Um, and then this one was more recent and I just sort of went out on a limb because everybody that I am friends with really is on the opposite coast now. And mm. I just tried a virtual book club and so far it's been going pretty good actually. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so what, field of medicine do you practice? So I'm a pediatric hematologist oncologist, treat kids with blood disorders and cancers. How did you and your partner meet? So we met in college in undergrad back um, when I was at Drexel and he was at the University of Sciences of Philadelphia. I think it's like a new name now. It's been rebranded. But we met through mutual friends. And then a couple of years later, we started dating. Mm -hmm. So in about... 12 years. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I know it sounds really like a very long time, but that's, yeah, that's what it is. 12 years together. Yeah. Um, and ha- uh, ha- you have two kids. Uh, mm-hmm. What age are they? 
What ages are so they? My, yeah, so my oldest about to turn five, trying to plan her fifth birthday party. And then the second one is a two and a half. So they were like born exactly two and a half years apart. Yeah, that's crazy that she's turning five. I feel like, yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like that's nuts that once they're five, it's like they're Maybe. going to go to school and just be their own person. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I need to register for kindergarten. And it's been kind of a moment of reckoning for me because now I don't, it, it definitely feels like a very big milestone for me. I, I didn't feel yeah. as much when for some of the other milestones that I think other moms really like hit them hard, like dropping her at daycare. I don't know. For some reason, it just didn't really hit me that much. But this one <laughs> is... <laughs> You're like, bye, <laughs> when yeah, she's in daycare. I think everything was, there was just so much going on and I was in training mm-hmm. and just, um, yeah, for whatever reason, it just didn't hit me that much back then, but I'm feeling it now. Yeah. So, um, so five years ago you were very pregnant. Do you mm-hmm. want to share your birth story for your first? Sure. So actually it, they're both fairly similar, similar actually. So it's sort of, Really, I was having deja vu with the second one, but a couple hours of contractions. um, The biggest difference was that the first one was induced um, and the second one just happened. Um, Got a couple, like I said, a couple hours of contractions, um, got the epidural, took a power nap for both of them, and then pushed for, I don't know, maybe 15 to 30 minutes tops, and they were both out. And that was really like this story for both of them. Um, and so I feel really lucky that that's how it sort of happened. I felt very comfortable with both of their births. Um, and Mm -hmm. I really had good doctors and good nurses, um, for both of them. So I felt very, very lucky. That's awesome. You were like in and out done. Sort of. Yeah. (laughs) But they both also happened around the same times, like early morning is when they arrived. So, um, yeah, yeah, like between four and 6am for both of them. So, yeah. Yeah. What kind of preparation did you do for those births? So for the first one, I took a childbirth class, just like a one and done type of thing. I was a resident, didn't really have like time for Lamaze or any of those other kinds. Um, (laughs) And then for the second one, I did not do any of that. And I think I had some selective amnesia because I definitely loved my epidural the first time around. But I was like, maybe I'll try some more natural approaches like before I get the epidural, because I never thought to myself I was going to skip the epidural. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I packed some essential oils, like a heating pad, and I sort of like reviewed my mentally like, okay, these are some of the things that I can do while the contractions are happening before the epidural. Um, and I, we, we watched a YouTube video to review mm-hmm. our breathing techniques. <laughs> um, and that was the extent of it. Um, but then as soon as the contractions really started, like it was really a maybe max two hours from where they started to when the epidural happened. Cause I really like wanted it right away. So that <laughs> all of those essential oils, the heating pad all stayed right in my bag. And, um, yeah, that, that, that was it. But yeah, that, that was, I think that was my preparation. Yeah. Do you feel mm-hmm. like your uh, medical expertise kind of give you a leg up on that stuff? Like, like, yes, you did do a class and you took a YouTube, but like, yeah, you know what you would, I had hoped it would give me more of a leg up, but I really <laughs> did not remember enough about OB kind to really make such a difference. Cause I was still reviewing like on the internet, the different stages of labor. And I was like, wait, mm. what was that again? But I think in terms of 
like a more overall picture of anxiety um, related to childbirth, postpartum and like child rearing, I would say that I think it's a little bit, it's a combination of like my personality, like not being one that tends towards anxiety. Um, Mm. And then also my medical training. Cause like I had my first kid at the end of three years of residency. Now I never practiced on my own by that point, but Mm -hmm. I was about to. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think it did help me in like all the different parts of like, you know, being pregnant and then through till today, I think, because mm-hmm. in the back, I'm, you know, you're thinking like, for me, it's always, um, what's the worst case scenario. And like, is it that if it's not, then, okay, like we can work through this, you know? And so that's mm-hmm. just my thought process. Um, so I, I think in that sense, it has helped me mm-hmm. in the medical technical aspects of childbirth not not really <laughs> <laughs> so you're not like reading your own chart and you're like hey I need <laughs> yeah I mean no 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 and I don't know enough I couldn't remember enough from med stu- like being a med student and doing that like rotation for it to be meaningful like to actually mm-hmm. be like okay I want to do this decision you know because of whatever fetal heart rates like all that was like way out of my mind by that point mm-hmm. yeah um so so your birth sound fairly smooth uh, or very smooth. Yeah. How was your postpartum recovery? I think the first one, I had more physical pain um, because I had like a tear. Um, but the second one was like, I felt like I bounced right back because like the same day I was like, walk up, walk in, like no pain. It was, it was mm-hmm. much easier that way. Um I think both of them were fairly good because I, 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 you know, I, I have several friends who are also moms and, you know, we always, you know, compare battle stories, that sort of thing. And I feel like kind of <laughs> fairly good, fairly smooth. Um, and then one thing that stands out in particular comparing like the first one to the second one um, is how familiar some things felt the second time around to like mm. the point of where like one day it was like day two or something where my oldest was at daycare. And then we just, had me, him, and the new, the second newborn. And I was like, why do I feel so relaxed right now? Like, it was like, we were like, it was like a vacation day, like, you know? Um, and I was like, is it supposed to be this easy? Cause it definitely did not feel that relaxed the first time around. Um, mm-hmm. But then that was like the dichotomy of like, or the juxtaposition of that feeling with how new some of the things still felt like I was still breastfeeding or like comfort nursing. I should say my oldest at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it felt like I forgot everything there was to know about breastfeeding a newborn the second time around. Like I was sitting there and like, <laughs> like how come I can't remember these things, you know? And I, so I still needed help from the nurse and like no shame. And I took her help. And I appreciated it. Um, but then it was like, more you know recall than like learning so it felt more like getting back on the bike again it just needed a little mm-hmm. bit of starting help you were probably also so used to like being on someone else's schedule already like kind of you know just like having to take care of a toddler so the fact that the newborn is like immobile essentially right and like mm-hmm. <laughs> not yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just trying to survive versus like needing like stimulation or like you know snacks is like very different you know (laughs) completely completely I think it's just it was mostly I think that like recall sense right like it's it's Mm -hmm. all coming back to me now like okay it's just feed them burp them like sleep and poop 
you know, diapers, that sort of thing versus yeah. like you said, with a toddler, there's just a lot more involved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Did you feel like there was something spe- specific in the first one that like really helped you out? Uh, I think the biggest thing that helped me was really my parents. Um, but especially my mom, I honestly, like she was such a game changer for me because my husband was helping out plenty. Like he was doing his, uh, he was carrying his weight, all that, um, as much as, as you can as like the non feeding partner. Right. But, Mm um, my mom just really is like a very, like just a very, very caring, like goes above and beyond. Right. So for me, She's always been that way, but then in the postpartum period, it was like just extra, you know? So just always mm-hmm. making sure that I had everything that I needed and wanted, um, mm-hmm. just felt very loved. Um, and I know that if like she wasn't really in the picture for both of them, um, that that whole period just would have been a lot darker because, because yeah, I think she just really um, was a superstar, so... Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, she's always kind of been that way, even when you were like growing up and stuff. So yeah, but yeah. even more like when this happened. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now it was like, okay, she's taking care of me and the baby and like cooking and helping me clean and just, you know, just keeping me company. And so I really yeah. appreciated that. Did anything change the first time around? And then did it change again with the second baby? Yeah. So I think the first baby just sort of slid into our life and not the other way around. Like I, Mm. we were both just discussing this and like both said sort of the same thing that the first one just was, she never really needed, she was, she was not your typical baby that like slept all the time. So even from a very young age, we would joke that she had insomnia and that's still true today. So she just, we, we were like, okay, we don't want to change our whole lives for that. And now that sounds like foolish mm-hmm. looking back, but it sort of worked out for the first one. And we were like, oh, oh, cool. Okay. So she was, you know, I don't know. It was, it was almost like our lives, lives didn't really feel like they changed that much with the first one. Um, and then when the second one happened, uh, happened, came along. Happened. Um, when she happened. Yeah, <laughs> when she arrived, life was just different too, because she came November, right before the pandemic. So the mm-hmm. postpartum period was like kind of the same ish, except that it was winter and not like spring for the first one. But then it was like three months later and like, you know, the whole world yeah. shut down. And so, um, and she happened to be a baby that really responded to rhythms and routines. Whereas my first one, like didn't mm-hmm. care. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think she definitely changed things a lot more for us. We're like, oh, now we get why parents care about schedules. Because the first time we're like, <laughs> we don't get it. Like, <laughs> oh God, I'm so obsessed over this. And then we learned our lesson. Um, the, I think one of, the only, like, I would say, if I had to say negative thing that changed for us was that in the past, pre-kids and everything, our conflict resolution was like very quick. Like we didn't really ever stay mad at each other for very long, like maybe Mm -hmm. a couple of hours. And then we would talk it out and then like move on. But as the kids got older and like started understanding like tone of conversation Mm -hmm. and like now, like what are we saying? Um, You had to, we we didn't want to fight in front of the kids. And so sometimes things that, we would have just hashed out like real quick now have to be delayed. And so that just changes 
I think like conflict management a little bit. We still manage, yeah. you know, we're fine, but like it's just something that now has to be different, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. And I mean, even just things like if you want to say something but not in front of the kid, you have to like spell it out. So we've gotten really good at like spelling fast, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Harry starting to like know the words. I don't know how he knows, but like it's like I <laughs> I want him to learn to read, but I don't want him to learn to read, you know. And then yeah. he's like he's he's picking up like some of the spellings we do. <laughs> well, so my daughter says that anything that's like a bad word, she calls them trash words, the older one. And mm-hmm. now she knows that people will spell like the words that they don't want her to understand. Yeah. So she will just, anytime somebody says anything and like even acronyms, like normal acronyms, like if I say ASAP, she'll be like, that's yeah. a trash word. But because <laughs> in her mind, like anything <laughs> that is being spelled out is a bad word. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that's so funny. You know, the like, she's not there. Oh, no, I was saying oh, she's not like, at the point where she can actually like put that together yeah, to like, yeah, 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 something, yeah. but she's <laughs> you know noticing. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that should be a good like podcast question. What words do you spell out? Right, right. Because right. <laughs> ours are always like um like desserts or like candy or oh. like ice cream. Because I don't want to say it. Unless, right, like, we're aligned that we're giving it to him. Yeah, because if right. I just say it and we're not aligned on giving it to him, then it's like, I can't I can't go back after that. <laughs> right. Yeah, the bell cannot be unrung, right? So yeah. <laughs> be careful. Well, even when she was, like, two, if we – she somehow learned that, like, P-I-Z-Z-A meant pizza. And then she'd oh be like – she started – she would say it, like, P-Z-Z-A. And then that would – she <laughs> knew what that meant. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, well, I, so we know each, for those of you listening, we know each other. Joyce and I have known each other for years and our kids have interacted. Um, And so I feel like your kids are really good eaters. Like, I just remember your older one, like, there was candy out and she wanted it and you guys gave it to her. And then she's eating and then she's like, "Mm, I've had enough. And then she just, (laughs) Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, whereas, like, I feel like my son was like, oh, my God, candy. And he was just like, you know, ask for another. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this is crazy. So I feel like I, mean, I... I think it's a more normal response for a kid. And <laughs> I will say that now. OK, so now we're like five years out, right, from the first one and two and a half or the second. And it's not I, I would say that they're both pretty flexible, like mostly adventurous eaters. Um, I, I'm not like a a dietitian or like a child psychology expert or anything. I do follow some like Instagram influencers who Mm -hmm. like, you know, talk about that sort of stuff. And I try to incorporate some of that stuff, um, some of their, you know, methods or strategies. And like one thing that has stuck so far with my older, older one, only because the younger one's not really old enough to like understand this is like the concept of like higher energy foods or like Mm-hmm. medium energy foods or like low energy foods and mm-hmm. now i've started introducing okay like this has protein and like this gives you like fast mm-hmm. energy or like slow energy and even started talking about antioxidants so um yeah that has helped a lot i think especially with the older one because she will she's literally come to me and said because they get school food um like at the daycare and like for example I, i'm like fine with the food that they give like it's it's good food 
But like one of their like their snacks are like you know goldfish and like maybe like apple yeah, juice, yeah, packaged she, stuff. That's, yeah. yeah, and and you know like I get it. Um, it's not like candy, but it's it's not like fruits and you know whatever. Yeah. So yeah, one day um she comes back to me and she's like, "Mom, I need you to pack more high energy snacks for me because because <laughs> <laughs> like she's like the goldfish like um it's not it's low energy." It's low energy. And I was Can like, you imagine oh, her saying that to them when they're passing out the snacks <laughs> at school? Like, so do you think a so little like okay. energy? <laughs> and I was like, wow, like something actually stuck for that. Yeah. You know, this was like a, a couple of months ago. And so we'll talk. You know, we we will review that. Like, you know, you're allowed to have low energy food. Um, one of the like the women that I like, one of these diet, um, like peds dietitians that I follow on Instagram, she will talk like you she she's a big proponent of like putting dessert on the plate with all the Mm -hmm. rest of the food like Mm -hmm. you choose what you're gonna serve and they choose like how much and so you're not like dictating um and then like i get it it's like most parents are like i'm i said the vast majority are not giving dessert at the same time and i'm not really Mm -hmm. like i'm not giving ice cream i'm not where she's at yet but i do try to follow at least to the point of like okay i'm not restricting dessert like and she will say, like, yeah. I'm not, f- I'm full for high energy food, but I'm still hungry for my low energy food. And like, so I'm like, hey, you know what? Like, I would encourage you to listen to your body and, yeah. uh, you know, and then she yeah. just, you know, like keep introducing things. But I think yeah. it's a real yeah. combination of nature and nurture because yeah, I don't want to fall in that trap of like, okay, well, I served all these like the variety of foods and like they eat what we eat and I don't want to be I don't know it's like virtue signaling or like being sanctimonious about it because I definitely I don't think I had like 100% of the control in this like I think my kids Mm -hmm. somehow just ended up like that their taste buds have more range I think and yeah and then I read that you know read the room and like introduced it to them and they went with it and so I think it was like a good mish like a mishmash or like a combination of yeah. their nature and then like my nurturing I don't know. yeah I don't think that's it good yeah yeah my older one is uh getting really picky um but today he did pick a peanuts off of a spinach in a salad and he ate it so he's okay with the lettuce being on his plate because previously he was not so it's like slowly like yeah and that influencer would say that counts like it's yeah. just always yeah. about not giving up i think is yeah even though it yeah, was yeah, very yeah. defeating yeah yeah Yep. So good luck. And then the other day he did he did eat part of a cookie and then he said, That's enough. And I was like, What? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> like, you're not and my finish. second one. He's like, he's like, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> my second one is always like double fisting her candy. So like we went through a phase of that. Like one was never enough. Like she always would like put both palms out. And like she wasn't happy until both were filled, so yeah. it's definitely not like we we they've had plenty of sugar. So because um, <laughs> people, I have gotten plenty of comments like, "Oh, like your kids eat so many like grown up foods." You're like, because they eat sushi and they eat like what you know, like Indian mm. curry and that sort of thing. I'm like, yes, but also they <laughs> eat a lot of ice cream too. So yeah, um, it, yeah. I think it's like both ways, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm gonna try that energy thing with uh, my older one. Yeah, I see if it, if it works. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to see. 
Uh, so what do you guys like doing together? I think it's the same thing we've been doing since like day one, which is going outside in nature. So it's like mm-hmm. mostly going on walks, um, you know, but, you know, going to the beach like we just went today um, and the park or like the nature preserve or whatever, you know, and um, just being outside. Uh, my daughter will say it's blazing hot. And this was like in April. But, uh, <laughs> oh, she's in for a treat. Like, oh, girl, you have no idea. Um, we, actually, we moved in September, right? So to Houston. And even yeah. then it was like 90 something degrees. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I don't know how we're going to survive the real summer. But we're, yeah, we're trying July, to August is um, going to be bad. Yeah. But um, that's, I think, the the main way we just have a good time together. Cause I think it also like resets everybody, you know, like you yeah. get a little cabin fever and we might not even realize that we're having cabin fever until we're outside and we're like, Oh, okay. Now we all feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, what do you like about the area so far? That you're in? A lot actually. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say that I was like the stereotypical New Yorker, like, Manhattan or bus like that was definitely not me um I like being out like I said so here it's the weather is mild warmer for like a lot longer of the year so Mm -hmm. it's like okay great Mm -hmm. we can go outside more um it's just and I'm fine with suburbia like suburban living like I like it it's it's Mm -hmm. easier like especially really like because we have kids so I'm not Mm -hmm. really going out for nights on the town regardless so Mm -hmm. To me, I'm not really missing that aspect of Manhattan. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I love my job. um, So that's going really well. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. Um, And and my husband's happy with his job, too. So there's I think there's a lot to like about Houston. And there's there are enough things going on, like with, you know, with multicultural or that sort of thing, um, that sort of vibe that I like. where I feel like, okay, if I do want to go out and do something, there are things to do. And they're not like the same yeah. three things, you know, where yeah. there's like one small museum or like one, there, there's, there's all sorts of things for kids and grownups. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's kind of pivot back to something you mentioned earlier that I was thinking about. I mean, you were still in like residency when you had your first, right. Mm-hmm. you were still like, yeah. So like, I, was, I think you're, you're like, on my way out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But like, how is your, I mean, your schedule was pretty rough, I feel like, or maybe it is now. I don't know. How is your schedule today versus like before? And how does that play with like how you guys work together as a family? Because like, I know your husband also is in like the medical field. So like, I don't know what his schedule is like. Um, But I feel like, you know, balancing is really tough. Yeah. So I think huge difference between me and training a lot, you know, up until July of last year, and then like me now in the past six, seven months, and I much, much better now. So I'm much happier with my schedule, my hours. Um, When I had my first, I was it was like May, and then I graduated in June. Mm -hmm. And so I just did like a couple of shifts, really. And I just my like schedule had been front loaded. So you wait, wait, hold on. So you had your baby in May, and then you did some shifts in May. No, June. Yeah, I went back. But like a month, like like you just had the baby. (laughs) You know, I went back at five weeks, but it was my choice. So they gave me the option of like, either you can do these couple of, because I literally have like four or five. I 
you could do these and then just graduate on time and like be done with everything. Mm. Or if you want to take like 10 weeks, like you would come back in like whenever that was and then finish those off and then graduate. You know, I was like walking with the class and everything, but like, yeah, to be officially done with my requirements, that was a choice they gave me. And I said, you know what? I have the help right now and I feel okay. So I will just do them, get them over with Mm. and then be done. And so that, and I, I was, yeah, like in the moment it was like hard, but it was worth it to me. And so it was fine. And then I did a year of being um, a per diem doc. Uh, And that also was really nice because I felt, well, because I had a lot of control over my own schedule. And so I just, Mm -hmm. I was per diem. I had no real obligations beyond like our own financial obligations. Mm -hmm. And so I only really did the shifts that I felt comfortable doing. And that really ended up being maybe, I don't know, one to three a week max. And so I felt like I had a lot more control and agency over my life at that Mm -hmm. that year. And then I started fellowship and it all just sort of fell apart. (laughs) So fellowship, a lot of good people learned a lot, you know, patients were great, but as a mother, it was, it was just really a low point in like our family life because I just was really not around because I had a very long commute. Um, You know, the hours are long. And then, you know, between that and then I'd be like leaving the house at like seven and then getting home at like seven. So it was like a 12 hour day, but Monday through Friday, sometimes like 14 days in a row because, you know, you have to work some weekends. And so just five days on like the weekend and then another five days. So, and, or like I'd be doing overnight calls where, I'm allowed to be at home, which is great. But then I have a, like a kid, right? So, um, we did not sleep training well. So she's like sleeping right next to me. Yeah. Their phone calls, yeah. you know, like going off and, and it was just very disruptive. Now, again, my parents just really more than pinching, right? Like they were just filling in all the humongous gaps that yeah. were being formed in our family structure. And so mm-hmm. I felt without them, it would have been chaos and like, I think harmful chaos for my kid. Halfway through fellowship, I had my second. And so I felt so lucky because they were just able, they just came in and like my mom was Mm -hmm. the primary um, caregiver. My dad was around a lot too. um, And just did not just childcare, but like basically acted like, like the cleaning lady and like the cook and like just everything, you know? And so I didn't, I feel like the kids had a lot of benefits from that specifically because they just, I don't think they felt mom being gone as much as if because mom's mom is there, you know, and versus like if we were, you know, like other people had to rely on, you know, I know people had to rely on like a nanny and a daycare and then like all all these other people and like they make it work. But I think because, because of my parents being there, it was just a little bit, I could, I would be sad, but like, I didn't have to be like, oh my gosh, like, are they in good hands? Like, I know they're in good hands. Yeah. I could yeah. just be sad that I'm not around, like on a personal level. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a different totally kind of get it. Yeah. yeah. Totally get it. Did you see, did you find that anyone else in your fellowship was going through the same thing? Like, did anyone else have young kids? Um, for like a cert, like a small period of time, but for, I think most of the three years that I did my fellowship, I was like the only one who had kids that age. Or, yeah. or kids, actually. Sorry, I should I should call them. Yeah. 
Yeah. There was like a, yeah, like a blip where there were like a couple of months each where there was somebody else who had kids. Yeah. So that also think that I that, think made me feel isolated yeah. a bit. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I feel like I, I take it for granted that a lot of people at work have kids around me so like mm-hmm. it ends up being a really great balance for me because everyone kind of understands like the, the value of flexibility but I've been in other companies and other industries where nobody has kids or like nobody seems to have the responsibility of kids like maybe mm-hmm. they have like stay at home partner or something like that and right like, when I was in that environment I just like I knew if I ever wanted a family, I couldn't stay in it just because like, it mm-hmm. makes such a difference. Um, yeah. And I could imagine it feels really isolating if like, you know, like everyone's going out for drinks or like can stay late or can do whatever. And like, you know, you don't get that luxury um, to, to have, to just go on a whim and, and do something. Um, and now I want to say like, it wasn't that I never, I never felt that they penalize me for it it wasn't like a like a malignant place Mm -hmm. so people were very like some people a couple of my attendings at the time like had kids that were a little bit older um and then you know it's just a different dynamic but they were always like like um would say all the you know the things that I needed to hear in terms of like okay you know I'm sorry you're going through this like it must be so hard like how can we help I think it's just the difference between like a sympathy versus empathy and it's like mm. you're they can't know what it feels like right now because they're not a fellow with two very young children also mm. during the pandemic so it was like it was just the perfect storm and so they can they were saying all the right things and like i, I felt it too like they meant it yeah yeah but i just think it's different when like you were not like it's it's like i can't commiserate with them right because yeah um yeah, so I think it's just that. Like, they they were very nice people, and they wanted good things for me. So I appreciated yeah. all that. Um, it's just we were just not in the same, you know, phases of life at the time. Yeah, for sure. How did having your kids change the way you work or change your perspective on your work? Yeah, I think before, uh, it's kind of cliche, I did, it, things did change for me because before – um, I was like, I'm definitely going back to work full time. Like I, that's just who I am. And I want to go back like as soon as possible. And that just went upside down. Like after I had my post, because <laughs> yeah. like, actually I would like to be around them for like more than a, an hour or two at night, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made a conscious decision to pursue that mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, professional accolades, because like the job that I took, um, it's not like your typical job in my, my field. Like it's a, it's a job description that's being like developed. Like only Mm -hmm. a few places have the job posting that I have here. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's not, um, something that's been around for like decades and decades, you know? So like you have your typical peds, he monk doc, who, you know, that that's what they do when like they go to clinic and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that's not like the kind, I still do only clinical care. So that's all they're like, I'd still take care of patients, but I don't have my own primary patients. Like I only take care mm-hmm. of them when they're admitted to the hospital, which is mm-hmm. very different than, of course, like 
people go into my field because of they want the continuity of care, like the personal bond that you have with those patients. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do I miss that? Yes, I do. That's why I went into the field. Um, but I think at this point in my life, like, I don't know. It's, everything's a choice and I, not everything can be equal priority. I think is what I'm you know, learning as now yeah. like an adult making decisions that affect me and yeah. like other people right in my orbit. And so mm-hmm. the priorities to me just like didn't line up where like I couldn't have the continuity of care and mm-hmm. the continuity of care with my own kids. Right? It was like, so, so I made that decision to pick my kids for now and then reassess later like I think yeah there's like course correction and so right now this makes sense for yeah. me and my family and maybe it will change and maybe it won't I'll see I'll reassess later but right now this is what matters yeah. and so I had to pick that over something else so like yes I miss it I miss certain aspects of it but it really it came at a to me it seemed like it was going to come to at a too high a cost where I felt like I wouldn't really be able to have good boundaries between work and like the kind of work that you, it requires to have that personal bond with these patients um, mm-hmm. and be present for my family the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. yeah. That's uh, I mean, that's so um, that's such a great way to approach it. I feel like because, I feel like we're just winging it. Like, I feel like I'm winging it. And I've always been a very planned person. So I have like, oh, this is what I want to do when I'm this age and this age and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And this is my career. And then, you know, like you said, sometimes things happen and you just kind of get flipped around and you're like, well, I have to give myself permission to change my mind. Right. So and the whole thing, like, you know, just have to give permission that actually this makes more sense for us now. And I saw this like this like silly Instagram I don't know I guess it's in real or whatever the other day and yeah. it was saying you only have kids for four years it's like it says something like you only have them for four oh, years oh yeah I saw that I and saw after that. the four years that's it they're you know and then I was like oh my god like I don't know why like that spoke to me so hard and I was like this Instagram real is so true <laughs> So as a mother of a nearly five-year-old, I will say I yeah. don't agree with that because my five-year-old <laughs> is just as attached to me as she was at four. Um, and so I've seen both sides of the response to that reel mm-hmm. that you're talking about where like some mm-hmm. are like, oh my gosh, you're like what you just said, like, you're so right. Like, and like panic, like sadness, <laughs> all the you know angst, the motherly angst. And then there's the other side, which was like major backlash and was like, why are you telling me this? Like, we're already so stressed out about this. Don't you think we know this? And, um, and then there's also like the third one, which is me where I'm like, but I don't know how true that is. Like, okay, you don't have a three-year-old forever, but they're also kind of cool when they're five. And like, I hope I, I'm anticipating a cool eight-year-old if I'm lucky, you know, like to just yeah, keep enjoying yeah. that. Now do I yeah. like, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I miss like Simone when she was like one, you know? But that's how I feel. But I don't know. I just think I <laughs> personally, and, and this is just me, right? I enjoyed her and I loved her then, but I enjoy her more now, I think. Mm. Because I really had to be totally honest because I didn't, and this is another thing I learned after I had kids. I, in my mind, I think every time I pictured being a mom, it was like reading them books and taking them on like field trips, like, 
to whatever places and then doing like my my dad always used to quiz me like pop quiz style like every time we were at the club and then I also inherited that so I was like Jake was oh, saying his dad does that to him too <laughs> in the car and really spoke with me and my cousins make fun of it to me now that I still do this but that's when I was daydreaming about being a mother it was yeah those are the things that I daydreamed about yeah but um and then I had the baby and I'm like, wait, uh, and you're going to be like, how did you not realize this? I just didn't. Okay. Like it just didn't like click in my mind until she was here. And I'm like, it's going to be a while until she can like do all these things that I'm planning for. You know, like I know. It's, it's a while. Um, and so I loved having the newborn and like all the things like she's cute and like we're having fun and she's funny and like all those things. But I'm really enjoying like now we're reading for like content and it's like mm-hmm. we're having a blast and she's a very very curious kid so has like the antioxidants and the like yeah you, the energy foods yeah yes you know and so I'm really loving that like we just went to we just had a mommy daughter date like just me and her for the first time um we went to the museum of natural science and she's like really mm. into gems and so we went to, they had like a whole gem exhibit and so we spent like all this time Ooh. in there and I really love that sort of thing. And so I feel like, yeah. okay, as we, as she gets older, like, okay, now we're going to start reading Harry Potter together. Like all these kinds of yeah, things yeah, that yeah. we can't even do now. And so I'm really, that's, I don't know. Like one of my big mantras is like every, this too shall pass. And like everything is a season, the good, the bad, the yeah. ugly. and so, and it can be like a source of comfort or a source yeah. of like anxiety because it's like, Okay, the comfort yeah, is like, yeah, okay, yeah. This, the bad thing will also pass, right? Like somehow yeah. or some way it will pass. And you might not like where it goes next, but like this too shall pass. Or it can be like the four years of your child's life, this too shall pass. And like, you'll never get it back. And like, oh my God, you know, like um, panic <laughs> and be sad. <laughs> but I think it's like, okay, there's good and bad in like all the seasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got very I, philosophical um, about it Instagram. No, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you did. Cause like my perspective is like I am really enjoying my older one now. And like you, I also envisioned more like the elementary slash middle school mm-hmm. age, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to go on these like fun family trips where we're going hiking and like yeah. whatever, like, you know, like, or they're like, um, like helping like clean the dinner table and stuff on a weekly basis, whatever. Right. I don't know. Like yeah. just weird like yeah. family dynamic stuff. Yeah. Um, so like I, I thought about that too, but then um, I'm enjoying this age a lot for Harry and I feel like he's like just, I don't know. He's just such a funny kid right now. Yeah. And I feel like when he goes to school, there's all this other, like, you know, there's drama. There's going to be, like, yeah. good and bad influences at school. And, like, he's no longer going to be, like, sheltered in that sense, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, right now, he is home most of the time or he's at a school that we've selected for him that right. he goes to. And we know the parents. We know the teachers really well. And, and I'm sure the class size is, like, so much smaller. Yeah, the class I had like eight or something, whatever, right? So, okay, like, so there's only you know, so many influences. Yeah, so I feel like right now it's like he's still somewhat in a bubble with us, and then he's going to be off to public school, and like, yeah. who knows what's going to happen? You know, we're like, we're in a predominantly white area, and that's okay, but I would want him to not ever feel like he doesn't belong here, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's like another thing I think about in the back of my head. Um, and I noticed that, like, for Harry, I mean, 
I enjoyed it, but I almost like didn't get a chance to like savor it the, the early yeah. years. So for yeah. like my younger one now, I'm like, oh, like the newborn stage is like, oh my God, like this is so great. I get to do it again. And like this time I know what I'm doing. So I'm like, right. you know, not constantly worrying about if something's going wrong and I can actually enjoy it now. And then like, you know, even just like breastfeeding, I'm like, Oh, I can enjoy it now. Cause I know if I'm doing it correctly or not. And I know exactly like what to do. And of course, Wesley's like, I don't want to breastfeed. Like he just looks like, please leave, get away from me. Like, give oh, me wait, I know what I'm doing now. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I don't want to stop yet. And he's like, please get the boob away from me immediately. <laughs> <laughs> So I was so offended, um, but like you know, it's just like they're so different. But um, Wesley's re- he's getting very fun now, also. But I feel like it. I'm glad I had Harry first because now I can also like savor more of the moments with Wesley, knowing that he's most likely going to be my last baby, and I can like really yeah. just like spend the time. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That real got to me. Maybe yeah. it's a real idea to watch on a tough day and be like, all right, I should still enjoy them now, even though they're like, <laughs> yeah. new, like just annoying and I have to like wipe their butts and stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, like a little friendly reminder. But that, that real reminded me of this thing that I had heard about like years ago, way before Instagram and all that. But it was like, you have, I forget how many, but like X number of, um, no, it was like 17 summers until your child goes to college, right? And like leaves the I nest. Know. And so, um, and this was like way before I was a parent, all that. And that mm. really stuck with me because it's like, wow, yeah. I guess it's like how you measure time, right? Really affects how yeah. you perceive it. Because when you're yeah. like day in, day out, and it, it, it's also like the days are long, the years are short. That it's like all, I think, related. It's so right? true like, though. Our perception of time and like how flexible and subjective it is right mm-hmm. so yeah if you think about it like 18 summers i'm like i'm already my kids are already turning five like you'll have 13 many, left <laughs> yeah and you're like oh no like that's so i need to make every summer count and um or like i don't know if you want to go more granular like this is how many weekends and that's why uh, to me like living mm-hmm. for the weekend was like i didn't want to do that anymore I yeah i feel like I yeah huge chunk of America for not, and a lot of it's like outside yeah. of people's controls, right? It's like they live in corporate America and like, that's their, that's yeah. their schedule. So you're living for the weekend. And I just really wanted to get away from that because yeah. it's like such a minority of your it's life. two out of the seven days of the week. Out of the seven days. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that this job, I think also dovetailed with that need or that like want I should say because it is yeah. it's a luxury right like not I I really appreciate that I can do that um yeah but you know I we have random days like I get days off in the middle of the week or like ch- entire like chunks of time because I put a lot of chunks of time what like when I do go to work it's like a lot at once but they're sprints and not yeah like a marathon Okay, so I'm going to just ask some closing questions because I feel like you're just throwing, like, dropping lots of knowledge bombs on me right now. Is there something you're currently struggling with? Like, I mean, it feels like you got the meal thing going. You guys got a good system going, a good flow. Your schedules are, like, you know, very uh, conducive to the lifestyle you want right now. Is there anything you are struggling with? Okay, so the thing that I'm struggling the most with right now is incorporating exercise or like movement in my day-to-day mm. life. 
that's been a big struggle. Um, I just cannot seem to find the right way to include it. I, mm. I don't know. I feel like I've thought about it a million different ways. And now I just need to stop thinking and just do it. And then having a major, you know, starting trouble with that. I go to Pilates, yeah. thanks to you um, and your suggestion <laughs> months ago. So that's been going well. But then because of my work schedule, it's like not super consistent. Yeah. Um, but then I need more than that. Like I need something like a much more regular thing, more, more consistent. Did you like the Pilates? Are you still, you're still doing it? Oh yeah. I don't know. I, I really like it a lot. That's um, awesome. It's just, yeah. Like I can't go more than like once or twice a week at yeah. most. And yeah. that leaves like five days of not working out, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so that's my, I think my biggest struggle. And I was going to say, lest you think, cause you just sold me as like, you have everything else figured out in life. Like that's definitely not the case. Like I have my systems and when it, everything's like, all the pistons are firing at the right, you know, right way and everything, all the wheels are greased in my life. Then yeah, the systems work really well, but you know, definitely like the last month has been like a mini season of like really too many shifts, like back to back and mm. the systems are not going perfectly. And so, yes, we've not, you know, like I haven't been meal prepping and like, we're feeling it, you know? So, cause we're doing a lot of like takeout more than we would have if I was following yeah. my own system. So it's not all peaches and you know, rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I feel like the, 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 um, workout thing is something a lot of people struggle with. Um, yeah. It's almost like it's a cliche. Like, yeah, (laughs) we're, we're testing it out right now. Uh, we're testing out our schedule and stuff right now for that. Um, but since you're in Houston, I feel like since the weather's so great, most of the time you could just go for a walk. I could. I could, I just, this is the problem, right? Like there's a million different, okay, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. But then when it's time for me to actually do it, it's just somehow not happening. <laughs> so you have a dog. I know she's not good on walks. <laughs> so <laughs> she's a very distractible dog. Very. Okay. Um, so hopefully next time I can give you some good news on the exercise department. And it's not about like, <laughs> anything you know like losing weight or anything like that it's just like honestly I feel like I'm turning into like a bump on a log like I'm just not moving enough and I feel Mm -hmm. it you know like I don't feel good so that's really what it's about yeah Yeah, Yeah. for me so yeah that's that's what I need to figure out how to make it happen yeah I know I'm the the guest on the podcast but I have a question for you is like how do you feel like do you feel that motherhood or like being a mom has affected your own I guess like specifically like your health or what like some whatever you however you want to answer like something else in your life that like motherhood is really impacted I'm so I'm going to PT we could talk about this offline but like I just started my first PT session like last week um but also I feel like it actually really helped me at work because it gave me less time for like BS uh-huh. And it made me be re- really effective and also like kind of know my worth because if people like try to take advantage of you or like if people are not like treating your time as like valuable, it's like, mm-hmm. well, like I really don't have time for a blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, I don't have time to like redo this another three times. Like, right. you got to live with what it what it's at. Because like, yeah. it's not that like, it's not like the, it, I guess said in a better way. 
it's taught me not to be a perfectionist about things that don't matter because I used to be like much more perfectionist, but now that you just have limited time and limited resources, you're like, well, this is pretty good. And I think it's good enough. And if it really is not good enough, I can revisit it, but then I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, Z. Then it's like, Oh yeah, actually this is great. So like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think sometimes people just need a little resistance because if you make it too easy for people to ask for stuff, then mm-hmm. like they just they just ask for the sake of asking, right? Because um, right. who wouldn't want something better if there's an option to have something better, right? But then it's like, right. well, but like what's the incremental like value you're going to get from this better version versus the time I spent to do it? I don't know. Is it worth it? And then it's like, mm, actually, it's not. So it's fine. <laughs> you know, so like... Um, and my performance has not like my performance in my career anyway has not taken a backseat at all. Like I still like, you know, I'm I still feel very good at work. I still love my job. I still love the company. I still love like the people I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like it's just made me uh, less of a perfectionist and realizing that like doing something done and doing getting something done and doing it right at a good time is better than trying to perfect it and taking forever. And then that can make you seem indecisive and also like somebody that is not so reliable. Right. So um, I think it actually made me seem like, I don't know. I just, I feel like it made me different in a way in front of other people's eyes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Cause you're setting limits as a mother at home and now you're learning, you've learned, how to set limits at work, yeah. like healthy limits, right? I mean, yeah, you have to prior, like you said, like prioritizing what matters, and then good enough is good enough. Like it does not yeah. need to be perfect. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think people see you in a different light when you become a mother in some ways, in some weird ways, like suddenly it's like, Oh, this person must be super responsible because they're a mother. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So, uh, the last question, if you had a way to send yourself a message before you had your first baby, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, that is a really good question. And I don't think I have a perfect answer because I know I'm going to say something and then, you know, a day or 10 days from now, I'll be like, dang, I should have said something different. But um, <laughs> I really, I think reminding myself what I told you earlier, which is this is a season, like everything is a season. Mm-hmm. I think I could have used more of that in the beginning stages um, mm-hmm. when everything felt bigger and heavier. Um, and then sort of coinciding with that is it's okay. It's good. And it is possible to course correct because mm-hmm. I think sometimes, and the biggest thing that comes to mind is my sleep training journey. As many failures, it's current tenuous success is I think a really good example of that. Cause that has, mm-hmm. that sleep training, like sleep has affected my life, I think in the last five years, like so, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think realizing that I could course correct, um, and like pivot, I wish I had known that before or like really embraced it, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think mean, knowing it like cognitively and then like practicing it are completely different things. And I didn't, 
practice it enough in the first several years. And now I'm much more quick to, and I'm saying like literally in the last like two months. Okay. So I have not, I don't have this all figured out, but I think that's what I wish I had told myself back then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your vulnerability and for opening up so much about all these different things regarding motherhood and especially toddlerhood. I really enjoyed our chats um, and I hope our listeners also enjoyed it. Thank you. And I had a lot of fun. Thank you to all of you who joined Joyce and I in our catch-up conversation today. I hope you felt and enjoyed the camaraderie as we commiserated the hectic and beautiful life we're grateful for. My name is Margaret, and I hope you'll join me in our next episode of Amanita Minute. Have a great week.